every day of the year, wine was poured on the Mizbeach together with the Korban Tamit, the daily Korban. There was something very different on Sukkot. Is that in addition to the wine, water was also poured on the Mizbeach with this Korban. Now this is not an obligation that is clearly stated in the Torah. This is derived from extra letters that are written in the parshas of the Korbanus of, of Sukkot. The Gemari Masachas Sukkot Daf Mem Ches Amud Beis tells us an interesting and intriguing story about this. Welcome to another festive episode of En Yaakov Beyond the Story. After the Mishnah describes the whole process of the Nisuch Hamayim, the libation of water that was done on Sukkot, the Mishnah concludes by saying that the Koyen who was uh, tasked with pouring the water and the wine on the Mizbeach was told to pour the water by raising and stretching his hand. Um, and the reason is, explained later in the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanon, It has happened that once there was a Koyen who was a Tzeduki. The Tzedukim are these people who did not believe in Torah Shebaal and therefore wasn't um, interested in doing the Nisuch HaMayim. So he poured the water on his feet rather than at the proper place at the corner of the Mizbeach. And all of the people pelted him with their Esroigim. continues, On that day, the impact of the Esroigim was so strong that the corner of the Mizbeach was actually chipped. The Rambam explains in the Push Hamishnayis that being that the mitzvah of Nisu Hamayim is, as I mentioned, not clearly stated in the Torah, and it's only something that is pointed out by the Chachamim because of a remez there is in the Torah, that Tzedukim did not uh, accept it. So therefore, he didn't want to practice the mitzvah of Nisu Hamayim, so he poured it on his feet. However, we have a number of questions. It's, Firstly, if he did not believe in Sukhamayim, why did he even do it? Why even pour the, the water on, on his feet? Why not just not pour, it, not pour it altogether? You could also see that the response was um, a popular response, which means that it came from the masses. It's not that the Chachamim instructed anyone to go and attack him or react to what he did. It is really the people who decided to react, and all of them in the same way. And finally, why did they throw their soyim at him rather than any other object, the lulavim or whatever else that they had? To answer all these questions, we first need to explain the fundamental difference there is between water and wine. Both of them were poured on the Mizbeach. The tzedekiah had no problem with the wine, but he had a problem with the water. Well, the real... The main difference between water and wine, and for that matter, water and any other drink, is that water has actually no taste. The only pleasure one derives from water is if, if he's thirsty. If he is thirsty, he drinks water, and that's a, a tremendous pleasure. However, if one is not thirsty, there is no pleasure in drinking it. 
to the point in which the halacha says in Shachanoch, the Alter brings it in Birkas Anenim, Perik Zayin, Halacha Zayin, that uh, if somebody drinks water because he's thirsty, he makes the bracha Shachan Yabitvarim, implying that if he's not thirsty, he doesn't make the bracha. Why doesn't he make the bracha? Is because the bracha is called Birkas Anenim. A bracha for something that you have some kind of benefit and enjoyment from. If you're not thirsty, there is no there is no enjoyment to the water. Why? Because it has no taste. If you are not thirsty and you drink uh, orange juice, you definitely make a bracha. There is a pleasure, there is a taste. Same with wine. Wine, no matter what, you're thirsty or not, wine has a taste. You make a bracha. Not just a bracha, you make a special bracha, but a bracha. So if the main difference between water and wine is taste, let's see what taste means. In Hebrew, the word taste is tam. Tam could also be translated besides for taste. Also has the translation, the sense of reason. So we could say now that the difference between water and wine is that water symbolizes mitzvahs we do without knowing the reason for them. And we're simply doing it with Kabbalah soil. We're doing it because the Ebisha said so. That's it. Um, we don't know the reason, or even if we know, but that's not what we're doing. It. So water is about doing mitzvahs with Kabbalah soil, doing mitzvahs with no reason other than simply fulfilling what Hashem said to do. Wine, on the other hand, represents the mitzvahs that we fully understand. We understand the reason why we do them. We have a time. And therefore, we're doing it with more pleasure. Now, we could understand why the tzeduki put the water on his feet. The tzeduki is unwilling to do mitzvahs with just Kabbalah soil. As a matter of fact, he feels that perhaps simple mitzvahs that are not too significant could be done even without a reason. Moreover, simple people who anyways don't have much ability to understand complex mitzvahs or reasons for mitzvahs. So they could do mitzvahs simply because no other reason than Hashem said, so fine, do, do the mitzvahs. Because anyways, I can't really understand more than that. However, scholars, people who are more knowledgeable, maybe should not be doing mitzvahs that are comparable to water. Mitzvahs that have no time. Should only do them once they have Gain the understanding for these mitzvahs. And that's the symbol of pouring the, mit- pouring the water on his feet. The feet being the lowest level, the lowest part of our body. That represents, just as we know, that Kladisol has been compared to a body, a complete body. So therefore, the feet represent the simplest people, the lowest people. Those who, anyways, don't understand much. They are the other extreme of the head, the intellect. So for these people, water is good enough. Doing mitzvahs without the precondition of understanding, that only is befitting people that are as lowly as feet. And that was a symbol by not just, I won't do it, I won't pour the water. But yes, I will pour the water on my feet to send you the message that that's that the feet, the people compared to feet, that's who water is good for. Now we can understand why the response and the reaction came from the masses, from the simple folks, not from the, uh, not from the chachamim, not for the leaders, 
it came from the people who whose avoider rely on Kabbalah soil. While scholars are able to synthesize their understanding and their Kabbalah soil, meaning that for Chachamim who understand the reason for the mitzvahs, they are still able to do the mitzvah just because Hashem said so, with Kabbalah soil, even though they understand it, as opposed to the people who anyways don't understand it, they fully rely on the Kabbalah soil. So they are the people who saw how dangerously wrong was the message projected by this tzeduki when he poured the water on his feet. And that's why they're the one who responded. Now we could also understand why they threw the esroigim at him rather than any other object. You see, the four minim that we use on Sukkis all represent one type of Jew. This is well known that there are four items that we put together on Sukkis. We would bind them together. We have the lulav. The lulav is uh, really a front from a palm tree, a date tree. Uh, that, that lulav, that tree, gives fruits that have a good taste. The lulav itself doesn't have a smell, but it has a taste. That represents Jews who have an, a good knowledge and understanding of mitzvahs, as we mentioned before, that taste relates to understanding, reason. So those knowledgeable people, however, don't have smell. And the smell represents the, uh, the action. Um, so the lulav symbolizes those who have knowledge, but not much of the actions. Then we have the hadas the myrtle branches they have a very good smell but no taste that those that represents the people who do have mitzvahs they do have deeds um, to show for themselves but not much knowledge not much understanding the arava which is a branches from a willow tree has neither taste nor smell which symbolizes the people who have neither knowledge of Torah nor mitzvahs, actions, and uh, good deeds. Only the esrik has both. The esrik has tam and reah. The esrik is a fruit that has a good taste, and it has a good smell. The loftiest of the Arba Minim. That represents, of course, the Eden, who are knowledgeable and perform all the mitzvahs in a proper way. So by throwing the esrik, at this tzeduki, the simple people were telling him, not only simpletons need water, but even an esrig needs water. You think that the water, the nisuchamayim, belongs to the feet, to the simple people? No, look at the esrig. The esrig needs water as well. Even if you are very lofty and wholesome, with knowledge, with actions, you still need to have this Kabbalah soil. You still need the water. And this is what, this is why they threw the soigim at him. In fact, all mitzvahs must be performed with unconditional commitment. Not because we understand the reasons for them. Now, of course, the pursuit of understanding is important as long as it is, as it is not a, a precondition to a performance of mitzvahs. When this pursuit of understanding is accompanied by this commitment 
this unconditional Kabbalah soil, the water, then it is valid. With this we could understand an interesting halacha that is brought in the Talmud Yerushalmi. It's Mesechasuke Perek Dalet the Talmud Yerushalmi asks a question. It says, well, the Nisuch was uh, performed with water that was drawn from the Shiluach brook on the night before, which of course was then followed by the great festivities of Simchas Besosheva for the whole night. Kain would go down, he would draw some water from the Shiluach, he would come back, and while he came back, they would, be, they would blow the Shoifer, they, they would play music, he would get to the Mizbeach and he would put down um, a jug of water and that would wait until the next morning when this water will be poured on the Mizbeach along with the wine at the time of the daily korban, the Tamit Shal Shachar, the daily korban of the morning. Now the Talmud Yisham is asking a, a hypothetical question. What if, what if the Koyan got so excited, he came from the Shiluach with his water and he got to the Mizbeach, and instead of putting down the jug for the morning services, he just goes and he pours the water on the Mizbeach at night. Was he Yitzhak? Did he fulfill the mitzvah of Nisuchamayim? Or no, he has to do it again tomorrow. Let's go get some more water and we'll do it tomorrow morning. The Talmud Yerushalmi says it all depends whether Nisuchamayim is an obligation that comes with the korban, with the korban tamid that is brought on sukkahs, or is it an obligation that applies because the day is the day of sukkahs? What difference does it make? The difference is that if we say that nisuchamayim is an obligation that comes with the korban, so then you could only pour the water along with the korban. But if you say that Nisuchamayim is an obligation that comes because today is Yom Tev, well, we know that in the Jewish calendar, the day begins at night. The day begins the preceding night. So if one has poured the water on the Mizbeach on the eve of Yom Tev, it's already Yom Tev. So he has fulfilled the mitzvah of Nisuchamayim if we say, that Nisuchamayim is what we call a chayvas hayoyim, an obligation that is bound to the day of Sukkot rather than to the korban that is brought during the days of Sukkot. So again, is this, if Nisuchamayim is chayvas hayoyim, you are yoytze if you poured it the night before. If Nisuchamayim is chayvas hazevach, an obligation that comes along with the korban, then the korban is in the morning. Korban is in the morning. So if you did it the night before, you're not yoytze. Interesting, the halacha brought in Talmud Yerushalmi is that Nisuchamayim is Chayvasayim. And consequently, if a Koyen poured the water on a Mizbeach on the night before, he's Yoytze. Why? Because the obligation already applied as soon as Yom Tov came in. So if you did it within that time frame of Yom Tov, you fulfill the mitzvah. Now pay attention. What it really means is that the obligation to pour water on the Mizbeach begins before and earlier than the obligation to pour wine on the Mizbeach. Because pouring the water on the Mizbeach would already apply as soon as Yom Tov comes, meaning on the eve of Yom Tov, even though that's not when we do it. But it is already applicable by then. 
Whereas the pouring of the wine, the Nisuchayayin, nisucha only applies as of the morning on Sukkot. Because that is, according to everybody, an obligation of the Korban. A Korban comes with wine. All Korbanes comes with wine. So if it's a Chayvas HaZevach, if Nisuchayayin is Chayvas HaZevach, therefore Nisuchayayin applies only on the following morning. Whereas Nisuchamayim already applied, the Chiyu of Nisuchamayim was already applicable on the night before. In other words, water comes before the wine. So as we said, of course, you need to be able to synthesize, trying to understand, and doing not because you understand. But what comes first? Well, what comes first? This halacha is telling us, water comes before wine. Doing mitzvahs with Kabbalah soil comes before even trying to understand the reasons for the mitzvahs. Of course, this is just echoing what we said in Har Sinai, Nase Venishma. We first say Nase and then Venishma. There must be a Venishma. We must try to understand all mitzvahs and get to the depth of them. But that cannot be a, a prerequisite to the performance of the mitzvahs. So water, no tam, comes before wine, the tam. Yet, the way it was practiced, as outlined in the Mishnah, water and wine were actually being poured together at the same time, which is teaching us that the ultimate avoida is to have that synergy of both approaches. Doing mitzvahs with unconditional commitment, doing mitzvahs with Kabbalah soil, while making every effort to understand the reason and the deeper meaning of every mitzvah. That is the wholesome avoidance. And yet it is the drawing of this water brought from Nisuchamayim that was generating such a joy, the Simchas Besasha such a great joy that the Kabbalah says, whoever didn't see, this joy has never seen any real joy in his life. The joy of serving Hashem with this unconditional commitment. Have a good moment.